Oh my gosh. Children. Those cats are wild, dude. How dare they? They're like feral animals. I got several messages this weekend saying that Cashew was possessed, and I agree. Yeah. Don't no, you? I could agree with that. Like, I, th- is, I uh, think so. She's a crazy one. She's pretty wild, dude. Hello, everybody. Welcome to hell. My name's Lara. That's my lovely partner over there, Brandon. He's great. He's awesome. What else can I say about you? You're a dream boat over there. Oh, I appreciate that. He, he's a handsome Those are boy. nice words right there. <laughs> I like nice words. Good. I like you. You know, I like you too. Thanks. Glad we're on the same page after living together for three years. (laughs) Um, Hi, welcome everybody. Today is an episode I am literally so excited for. This is probably one of my favorite stories we've ever covered. I say that quite a bit, but this, this one, this one really takes the cake. And it's not, I mean, it is sad, but it's not like, I don't even know if we'll have anybody to really say see you in hell to because like there's nobody I'm mad at. Like it's first. just a good story. That's a first mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I've... So today we're going to be talking about Cowboy Bob, who is a bank robber in North Texas. I first heard about this story from Karen Kilgariff when I saw my favorite murder live in Dallas. I guess a couple years ago now. Um, yeah, like almost three. So I heard about it then. It loved it. It was great amazing story and I knew I had to do it. So I'm really fucking excited for that today. Oh yeah. I'm here for it. Love it. But first a couple of things, busy business. We'll just do that and then we'll do joy. Um, I am going to take next week off because it's my birthday week and I just want to relax, you know, that's, that's really it. So I'm going to have something for you guys. I'll probably release something that's um, from the Patreon vault to the public feed and yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, so don't expect a new episode, at least whatever topic we draw next Wednesday, but it will be here at the one after. So how exciting. What a good time. Yeah. It's going to be your birthday. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, yeah. Yay. Yes. Oh, we are excited. I'm, I'm pumped. We're going to, we're going to do fun stuff. Yes. We do. We are. We're going to go to a lake house. It's going to be fun. Everybody that is going to be there, which is like not that many people, everybody is pretty much going to be vaccinated. And then like the two people that aren't are going to get tested. And other than that, it's going to be a good time. It's just a couple of me and my, me and my friends who I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, we're, we're trying to be a little safe. And we're just going to hang know, out in the house. We're just going to have a good time in this little house with a whole bunch of stuff around it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like on the water. Tons of activities to do around there, it seems. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. I'm excited. Um, let's, let's let's go. I'm I'm ready for love it, it. Honestly, I'm going to be turning 25, and my dad loves to remind me daily how close I am to my insurance expiring, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Sounds like he's counting down the days. Why can't we have universal health care? Like, just I mean, why? Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah, God. I mean, with the way Americans live. We kind of need something to, you know, back us up because we just make a lot of. I saw this thing today um, on Twitter that <laughs> says uh, Americans, you know, live like they have free health care. And it okay. was a video. <laughs> it was captioned of a video 
of uh, this shop that does a cotton candy ice cream pizza. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, we just definitely don't treat our bodies no. the way we should. No, you know, we're, we definitely act bold about you know our you know and risky with our life decisions, mm-hmm. and with just the way we you know go go about eating and our diet and everything like that. So yeah, we definitely live like we have free healthcare, but yeah. you know that's that's definitely not the case. I would agree with that. That's that's fair. Sadly, I mean, hey, I, maybe one day we can hope, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Well, do you wanna do you wanna jump into your joy, my baby? Um, we have more joy? stuff on the way for the studio, which is fun. We do. That's fun. You got a desk, more I space desk. for plants for me, which I'm excited yeah, about. I got my desk over there. It's got all some of my equipment over there. It's got my fun LED light. Hopefully, I can get some good. Okay, work but I do feel there. like your joy two weeks in a row can't be that you got a desk. Okay, well, it's not the desk. I have more stuff on the way. Like tomorrow, okay. I'm going to be getting my monitor, which is actually Ooh. really fun. So I can do even more work. I have a big screen. Uh, I got like a 32-inch monitor. Hell yeah. Um, And I also got like a keyboard and mouse and everything like that. Love it. Uh, What else did I get? I don't know. I got some lights. Some lights? Some lights in here. And we're going to have, hopefully, our wallpaper or whatever coming in soon. If the UPS gets shit together. Amazon or whoever is delivering it. It's UPS. And I'm pretty sure they donate to Trump. So... That's fine. I'm okay with criticizing them. Oof. Yeah. Big oof. Big oof. Um, well, my joy, I am very excited because Demi Lovato just released her new album. It's so beautiful. It's so great. It's so real and like raw and awesome. And I think just like watching her grow up from when we were young and going through all these horrible things that she's gone through to like where she is now and having her share this like beautifully deep, really personal piece of like art with us is like so fucking cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And she made like visuals for every song and she just put a lot of work into it and the music's so good. Love it. So she's my joy this week. Love you, my baby girl. And she's like hella gay now. So we love that. Yeah, I'm glad she was able to, uh, you know, get through everything she's been through. It, it sounds like yeah, a dude. lot. Yeah, dude. I don't know how she's alive. very traumatic. And good for her. You know, that's a good story. Good yeah, for her. I love her. She's a bad bitch. Yeah, she is. Well, do you have anything else that you would like to say before we get into the story? No, nah, I'm trying to hear about Cowboy Bob. Yeah! Good old Cowboy Bob. There will be some, um, some Western accents in this. When I imitate a man named Steve Powell. So get pumped about it's that. It's okay, we're Texan, so we can do that. I'm not. Why? Well, I'm an Ohioan. And I have no shame. Yeah. <laughs> you have no shame. You're a Houston boy. Houston. All right. Motherfucking Texas, ho. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's start. This I did a little bit differently. Um, my research is in the form of a story today. Not my bullet points, which is what I usually do. Very fun. Because I just felt like this is a really good, I don't know. That's the only way you can tell it. It's a tale. It's a great tale. So in May 1991, a man went to the American Federal Bank in Irving, Texas. He was wearing sunglasses, a big cowboy hat, and a brown leather jacket. His hair was graying and he had a beard. He didn't say anything to the teller. He just handed her a note. It said, this is a bank robbery. Give me your money, no marked bills or die packs. The teller did what he asked. The robber put the money in a satchel and then left the bank. He calmly walked to his car and left in a 1975 Pontiac Grand Prix. 
He was very, very polite and even tipped his hat at the teller as he walked out with the money. Police showed up minutes later, but he was already gone. Then, a few months later, in December, another bank in Irving was robbed. The man was wearing the same outfit and took about $1,200. Same thing, he said nothing, just handed a note to the teller and was on his way. This time, however, an eyewitness was able to write down the license plate of his car. Now, because bank robbery is a federal crime, the FBI had already been called in after the first one, and the man that was put on the case was was an agent named Steve Powell. Very, very sweet Southern man he is. He talks like this. Highly recommend listening to the um, the criminal episode that Phoebe Judge does on this case. She interviews him as well as Skip Hollingsworth, who was like one of the main sources I used for this because he has an excellent, excellent, just um, absolutely amazing um, article in Texas Monthly about this case. So she interviews both of them, and his voice is so cute, and he's adorable. And he's always like, well, now, Phoebe, (laughs) before he starts, like, every sentence. I just love him. So he supervised bank robbery investigations for the FBI Dallas office in the 1990s. Um, And his team tracked the license plate from from the second robbery to a house. (laughs) I think I was trying to write home. But it just says ho in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that makes me laugh. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, they tracked the license plate from the second robbery to a house not far from the bank. And the owner was a woman who hadn't left her house all day. She didn't even know her plates were missing. So investigators were sadly at another dead end. And everyone was very interested in the man because he seemed very different than the typical robber. He was very polite, um, but he also didn't seem like an amateur. They were pretty sure that they were dealing with a professional bank robber. He didn't fidget while waiting for the money or look at the camera at all. He never said anything. He just used notes. Um, And when he left the parking lot, he didn't like peel out of with his car or like draw attention to himself or anything. Um, so everybody around the office started calling him a cowboy Bob because of the giant hat that he always wore. Fun. Very fun. It was a good old 10 gallon hat. Like think of, think like, um, like Doug Dimmodome with the, with the Dimsdale Dimmodome. <laughs> I'm Doug Dimmodome with Dimsdale Dimmodome. <laughs> <laughs> such yes. a good, such a good, uh, reference for, uh, fairy odd parents. I love that character so much. It's oh my so God, it's just so good. I don't so remember who I was talking to, but we were like, we all know the baby ruins that show. <laughs> The, the, oh, for sure. That's like for sure. For but I sure. do love the plotline. Adding Cosmo more was characters for no reason. Yeah, that's very. That's true. when it went downhill. It really so. did. But gotta love Cosmo. So funny. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> got so in January 1992, he robbed a, the Texas Heritage Bank in Garland. We know Garland. Our good old friend Deshaun Mustard used to, <laughs> to live there. No, that's he not his sure real did. name. <laughs> it's just a nickname we got him with. Um, but he took about $3,000, not to Jean, the bank robber, cowboy. Bob. I would, I would yeah. Hope, yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I would hope not our friend, but I mean, Hey, he could, who knows? he could, maybe that's how he has that nice apartment. I mean, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. So he, yeah, like I said, cowboy Bob took $3,000 and then that may he robbed the nation's bank in Mesquite for about $5,300. 
And during this robbery, he noticed that the teller tried to slip a hidden die pack into one of the stacks of bills. He looked at it and like handed him back to to the teller and then was on his way. (laughs) So he was like on it. He knew. He could see it and was just like, no, you're not going to get me. But thank you, though. Which is another reason why um, they thought they were they were dealing with somebody who had done this a lot before. And while we're viewing the footage for all of this, Steve Powell noticed that the man was wearing his hat backwards. And then he started to look a little bit closer and he saw that the beard that the man was wearing would kind of looked to be fake. So he figured that the man was wearing a disguise and this made him even more perplexed by all of it. So in September 1992, Cowboy Bob robbed the first. There is no way that that is what this is. It says, <laughs> give Reltar Bank. I know that's not what it is. What? I think it's Guarantee, the first Guarantee Bank. But mm. it's it's G-I-B-R-A-L-T-A-R. And I bet you it's on this little girl's ass because she literally would not leave me alone when I was writing this. <laughs> she was walking it. all over the keyboard. And I thought I fixed it all, but apparently I didn't. Because when I read that sentence, I was like, girl, that is not it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Cashew. Oh, Cashew. Always trying to put in her two cents. She's got to be heard. She's just trying to help. Yeah, I know. Just sweet baby. So in September 1992, Cowboy Bob robbed the first guarantee bank. I'm almost positive that's what it is. It was in Mesquite, and he stole about $1,700. Police were on it, and like pretty soon the bank was filled with FBI agents. They were able to get plates off of his car once again, and they tracked it to a house nearby. The residents, again, didn't know that his plates were gone. He had no idea that they were stolen earlier that day, and the cops were at a stop again. They had no idea what to do. And then another call came in. Uh-oh. So about a mile away at the first interstate bank, um, it was robbed. And a man wearing a beard, a cowboy hat, a leather jacket, and gloves stole almost $14,000. And this was the most money that he had ever gotten by far. He again tipped his hat to the teller on the way out. And an eyewitness once again grabbed his plates. But this time they were traced to a man named Pete Tallis. So Pete worked at the Ford um, Auto Parts factory in, guess where? Where? Carrollton, where we used to live. Oh, wow. It was right down the street from us. I know, I'm pretty sure I know what factory this is because it's by the interstate. I used to drive by it. Um, but he, police called him basically were like, do you own a Pontiac Grand Prix? He said that he did, but he had given it to his mom and sister a year prior. Police told him that it was used in a bank robbery. And Pete's response was bullshit. That car can't go fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) Still, he gave them the address of his mom and sister's apartment. So they all pulled up and they were just kind of staking out the place for a little bit. And when Steve got there, he saw the Grand Prix in the parking lot. Then a woman walked out of the apartment and got in the car. And Steve was like, this must be the robber's girlfriend. So, like, we'll just let her go around the block so that her boyfriend can't see if he's inside or whatever. And then we'll stop her there. So that's exactly what they did. And she said that her name was Peggy Jo Tallis and that it was her car. She said that she had used it to buy fertilizer from the plants for the plant store. (laughs) She used the car to buy fertilizer from the plant store that morning and cops did open the trunk to find a bag of fertilizer. Then they asked to look at the apartment and she first said that nobody was there except her sick mother, but she didn't let them in anyway. 
So FBI agents rushed inside with like their guns drawn and searched the apartment looking for this man that they thought was going to be robbing the banks. And everything inside was very neat and clean. It was meticulously organized. The bed was always like pristinely made every day. Um, And underneath the bed was a bag of money. And in the closet was a foam mannequin's head with a beard pinned onto it and a cowboy hat on top. So Steve told Peggy that he knew she was hiding a man from them, and she just denied it over and over and over again. So Steve kept looking at Peggy and noticed that she had some white powder on her shoulders. And so he thought that she either had really bad dandruff or that she had been wearing costume makeup to color her hair. Then he looked above her lip and noticed that she had some pieces of glue flaking off of it. <laughs> and this is my favorite part. Steve told himself, that's the bandit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bandit. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. And he told the other cabs, I'll be damned. Gentlemen, Cowboy Bob is actually Cowboy Babette. <laughs> so Peggy Joe was arrested and everyone around her was so confused. They had literally no idea that she was doing it or like why she would do it. She was a very sweet, kind woman who lived like a very seemingly simple life. Um, Peggy grew up in the fifties. She was the youngest of three children. They lived in a small house in Grand Prairie and her dad died of cancer when she was four. So her mom worked as a nurse's aide to support the family. She dropped out of high school after 10th grade because she said that there was just too much else to do in life than spend so many days at school. I agree. You know, maybe not like high school, but like college is a scam. Come on. (laughs) We don't need it. Not everybody. School sucks, man. School does suck. Doctors, though, you should go to school. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. Keep doing that. (laughs) It's like three things you actually need to go to school for. Doctor, lawyer, and ho- well, you and know, you think police officer. And engineer. But no, but they only need eight no. weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even the police officers I do know that have like degrees, it's just like, you know, they do like criminal justice, but I mean. They go in, they they serve as a police officer for a while so they can like work their way yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people I'm not so mad about because I'm like, somebody needs to run the I mean, government yeah. at somewhere, but everyday police officers And they're just doing it for like entry level stuff, I guess. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Whatever. That's a different conversation. But yeah, engineer, lawyer, and doctor. Those are the people who need to go to school because, like, that's important. There might be some more in there, too. I mean, probably, (laughs) for sure. But, like, those are the ones that definitely need, like, lots of schooling to, like, know what they're doing. Peggy Jo, though, I I support her, her wanting to have a life of adventure. Of course, yes. And that's what everybody said about her. She was always looking for adventure and excitement. She took impulsive trips to San Francisco. She was, like really into poetry and movies and just kind of like everything artsy like that. Oh yeah. We love our alternative lifestyle. We you know? love alternative lifestyles. Do you Sounds know, like a- some days I want to pick up and live in a van and drive across the country, but then I'm like, the cats wouldn't, wouldn't like that. And I'm not leaving wouldn't them behind. Like yeah. <laughs> Maybe cashew. She Maybe, could be one of those know. backpacking but cats. Mr. Mr. Would not. He would be, be like, bitch, you're leaving me inside. Yeah. He would not like that at all. He's like, I just want my window with sun. Exactly. <laughs> In her 20s, she started working as a receptionist near downtown Dallas, which is exactly what I did in my 20s, so that's fun. Um, She went out every night with her friends. They went to concerts. They partied on Lower Greenville Avenue a lot, which we are also very familiar with. Oh, yeah. Um, Fun story about Greenville Avenue. So that was actually like the mob headquarters in like the 
60s i believe like jfk times that's where like everybody was like um what's his fucking name jack ruby like he was known as i think the king of greenville avenue or whatever i actually didn't know that that's yeah isn't that interesting um and so there's also now a lot of really cool bars there it's it's a pretty cool area our friend um taylor who you guys know used to live over there yeah Pretty cool area. I was about to say, they do the parades over there and stuff. And yes, it's always they really do. Fun. So fun. Yeah, they do have the, the St. Patrick's Day Parade. is so fun. So crazy, but so fun. <laughs> so she didn't care about finding a husband or like having kids or having even a career really, which I kind of, she just like really wanted to like get by with enough money to have a good time and then retire in Mexico. You know, she was just trying to have a good time. She was trying to have a good time. And I love you know, that about not her. For a, you know, I'm trying to have a good time. You know, that's not all for it a long time, not for exactly. a long time, but a good time. But a good, by, by a good time. Why are you saying that like that? <laughs> time. That's just the, that's just the way she is. You know, that's the way her life is going. Yeah, I agree. So in the 70s, she actually met a man and fell in love with him. However, after a few months, she found out he was married. Like always. Why they got to do this to us? Um, But this devastated her, and she kind of really never got over it. She, like, never really found anybody else. I know for a while later on, she was sending some money to some man in prison, and nobody really knows what their relation was. But she never really had any plans or dreams to like settle down with somebody. And she just like wanted to like be independent and live life by herself and do what she wanted to do every day. And I hella fucking respect, I respect that. I, I, I very much am do respect obsessed with that. that. That's actually pretty awesome. Cause you know, I wish more people had the balls to do Yeah. That. Yeah. A lot of people feel like they have to conform to whatever, like what society expects them to do. And it's just nice to see that somebody can be happy doing exactly what they want to exactly. do. Exactly. And back then when it was like unheard of, especially for like a woman in the South, I yeah. don't know. I just, and she obviously didn't have like that much of an education, but she was still like an intelligent yeah. and yeah, strong no. ass woman. She knew what she wanted. Her. And that's like the most important thing you can ask for is just knowing what you want. Yeah. Girl, you got, it's life's too short to do anything else. Probably. To make things worse, her mom also was suffering from a degenerative bone disease and Peggy had become her, her caretaker, which I have watched my own parents go through and it is the, fucking worse like it is it is so so sad and and just breaks my heart for her um she worked in different offices and like factory jobs to support her mom throughout the years and she loved 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 her nieces and nephews um she was very dedicated to them she saw them all the time she just absolutely loved on them all the time and still that was she was happy with that you know like that's really all she wanted to do she dreamed of just kind of like up and moving to the beach in mexico to get away from all of it that was like her goal that's what she wanted to do in the 80s she endured more medical expenses um she actually injured her back and later had to have an emergency mastectomy and was bedridden for a long time i don't know when you have to have an emergency one, but that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, Cause a mastectomy is a long recovery. It's like several weeks. Um, and, and I imagine having an emergency one probably entails some other stuff going on. So I know she was bedridden for a while. And on top of this, her mom's medical bills started really piling up. Social security wasn't enough. Um, and she started to develop really bad anxiety. She actually ended up taking medication for it, but she still felt very lost just kind of didn't know how to ask for help. She had always been the 
person that was helping others her whole life. So she never really knew how to do that for herself. And at this point, too, she started kind of looking back on her life and like realizing how stuck she felt and alone and just kind of like unhappy. And she started thinking like, what else could I have done differently and stuff like that. Um, Peggy was known to be very feisty, but mostly harmless. Um, she did once in Fort Worth saw a truck with keys in the ignition outside a bar, just like hopped in and drove away. Um, she later was caught up with obviously and got a five year probated sentence. Um, and she had made offhand jokes before to her friends about bank robberies, but like nobody thought she would actually do it. <laughs> Then in the 90s, that all changed. Um, She missed the excitement of her younger life. You know, she felt trapped and very overwhelmed by medical bills. She really didn't know another way out. So that's when she started committing bank robberies. And the only reason she was caught was because, unlike usual, she strayed from her routine that day. For whatever reason, she did, you know, those two robberies in one day. She was in a hurry in the second one, and she didn't switch out the plates in time before the second robbery. Uh-oh. And so that's how they were able to track her real plates back to her. She wouldn't have gotten caught otherwise because they had no idea. Nobody was expecting it to be a woman in drag, which is like kind of my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was very convincing. It sounds like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Honestly, it's I know. Kind, of, kind of badass. I sure. love her. So Steve Powell and everybody else, including moi, was fascinated by her. Um, They really wanted to understand why she started doing this, and she just wouldn't say anything at first. But eventually, as she broke, pulled out a pack of cigarettes and just, like, lit one and started telling her story, (laughs) which is such an image. I adore her so much. She was known to be, like, a very heavy smoker, and, like, she would also drink Pepsi out of, like, coffee cups in the morning. That was kind of how my grandma was. She would drink, she would only call it Pepsi-Cola, and she would drink it with a straw. (laughs) And I just, like, love what people that, like, have the same thing they do every day. It makes me so happy. Hilarious. Um, and Peggy actually only planned to rob banks once, but she never, um, like she never wanted to hurt anybody. She just wanted to pay for medication. Um, but then she just couldn't stop and she never really said why, but a lot of people think that it was just really hard for her to let go of the thrill and that she kind of liked it, (laughs) which like, I get it girl. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of the thing where I'm like, I can't really be mad because she was doing it for like. A selfless reason she never had any weapons she never wanted anybody to get hurt like girl eat the rich i'm here for it steal I mean, from the banks like, really, yeah like, it's, I, i'm just not like, that's why I don't people know. like don't rob like, banks but people like like robbers who do stuff like that they don't hurt it's anybody. like why they people just like wanna, bonnie and clyde they just, they yeah exactly people. they just well they just want to take you know advantage of like take take the system for a ride i guess Honestly, it's yeah. just it's shown so much, you know, coolness think, towards them. Exactly. It just sucks mm-hmm. because, you know, she's buried in this medical debt, you know, taking care of somebody else, not able yeah. to like, help herself. So it's and just medical debt is like there's nothing. Yeah, to there's really about nothing. It. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's only a few things you can really do about yeah. it. Yeah. My mean, my mom, after like going through tons and tons of surgeries and stuff like that last year, um, because of her cancer, she was um she literally is just like i don't know i guess i'll die with it because like she's like they're not getting that from me I like mean, it's like what are you gonna do well i mean it's truthfully and i don't expect it's just so they can have a steady you know stream of income I know. you know people I'm like, paying into I it you know just can't. 
it's, it's so terrible, funny. but like literally, that's why you know. I just it's I why we have people why. taking Ubers to the hospital instead of an ambulance. Like yeah. I'm still paying off my debt from an ambulance I took like three years ago. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, right. like, sorry that it's like insane. I thought I needed it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to make sure I don't die or like I'm not like seriously injured. I, I don't know why it's so goddamn expensive to like survive and just to like just be to alive. People, just to be alive. What's up with that? You know, it's like, oh, sorry, I didn't prepare for this freak accident or freak <laughs> illness that happened. I oh know. My gosh. I mean, Jesus Christ. Sorry, I didn't pe- I prepare for a so national prepa- pandemic. Exactly. That Do our I have to be prepared for every single situation? Like, yeah, just like fucked. just all be all knowing and have like all my resources like for this one situation. Yeah, dude, capitalism is a fucking beast. Yeah, like, fuck know. it. I hate it. Yeah, it's, it's it's bad. It's getting pretty bad right now, honestly. But anyway, moral of the story, we love Peggy Jo for what she's we do. done. <laughs> we do. And we can definitely sympathize with her, you know, yeah. her motives and everything. Exactly. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. That's all right. So she was only sentenced to 33 months, um, again, because she didn't commit any of the robberies without weapons, which is really what gets you. Um, and it was completely out of character for her. And she basically was like, it'll never happen again. I think they took a lot of sympathy on her. Obviously, I would have. Mm-hmm. Um so Peggy, while she was in prison, was actually approached for a book deal and like a bunch of movie deals, but wow. she just wanted to put it behind her. She didn't want to embarrass her family anymore. Peggy and her mom moved to Garland and tried to return to a normal life. Um, her mom was declining and Peggy spent most of her time just taking care of her. She worked as a telemarketer for a while and then got a job um, working at the Harbor Bay Marina on Lay Rape. Lake Ray Hubbard. I don't know why that was really hard for me to say. <laughs> Almost sounds like you were going to say L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Uh-oh. See, girl, everything relates back to Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody that worked with her said that Peggy was just like the best employee, the kindest woman. Um, literally everything I could find about her, just people spoke so kindly about her. Um, I also love that her name's Peggy because that was my grandma's name. And I love that name. Well, her name's Margaret, but I ever called her Peggy. So her boss said that she would always look after customers who were struggling financially or just kind of down on their luck. Um, she used her own money to help families pay for bait if they couldn't afford it. And she made an, uh, an effort to feel make people feel that she's like very welcomed and taken care of. She really worked to communicate with like deaf customers and immigrants who maybe didn't speak a lot of English or just felt isolated in general. She also had a friend that was suffering from breast cancer, and she called her almost every single day to check on her. She, like, would go to her cancer treatments with her and, like, buy her wigs and hats and just, like, uh, she was just such a caring woman. She sounds like a really kind and Yeah, by all accounts, she was an amazing woman. For sure. For sure. I love her. Like, I'm kind of obsessed with her. I told my mom the synopsis of the story, and she cried in Taco Deli the other day. She was like, that makes me want to cry. I don't know why. I was like, it's just a great story. It is a good story. I can see how, you know, I can see how your mother can relate to that. Yeah. I don't know. I I get it. And you know, she's, she's having a hard time. God bless my mother. I love her. Yeah. God bless her. (laughs) So in December 2002, um, her mom, Helen passed away in her sleep at 83 And she never wanted to put her in a nursing home. She wanted to let her mom live out her last moments at home. 
Peggy was with her the entire time and she, you know, she was happy she wasn't in pain anymore, but obviously she grieved the loss of her mom really hard as anybody does. It's a very bittersweet feeling when you're, you know, happy that somebody doesn't like suffer on this earth anymore and that you can kind of take a deep breath and like be relieved that it's over. Um, but it's so awful and it's still sad and it's, you know, that's sad. Grief's fucked up. It makes you do weird things. So a few years passed and Peggy was still living a very normal, normal, quiet life. Dear God. (laughs) (laughs) And in 2004, she sold all of her belongings, bought an RV and planned to move to Mexico. Like she always wanted. She stayed by the lake for a few weeks as she continued to save up money And then one day she just kind of like picked up and and left and nobody really knows where she went. In October 2004 in Tyler, Texas, a small bank was robbed by a man wearing a floppy hat. And the teller said that the man looked to have a padded stomach and a mustache glued on. She also said the man's voice seemed pretty soft and feminine. However, Steve Powell was retired from the FBI at this point. So the agents investigating her the bank robbery, whatever, had no idea about Cowboy Bob or Peggy Joe or anything about that. Everybody has said if Steve Powell was like still working for the FBI at that point, he would have caught on to it right away. Mm-hmm. But the agents didn't know. And on May 5th, 2005, Peggy Joe put on her black straw hat, sunglasses, and lipstick, interestingly, and went to Tyler, Texas. She parked her RV across from that same bank that was robbed the previous October. She walked into the bank and asked for all of the money in the drawer. Peggy walked out with like $11,000 and just planned to head off to Mexico. However, Peggy hadn't checked for dye packs before leaving the bank. So when she went through the doors, red ink and smoke got everywhere. So Peggy ran back towards her RV, but several people had already spotted her getting into it. And soon FBI agents and like this random family, the mom was like, I bet that person robbed a bank and like was like, kids, put your heads down in the backseat and like started following the police chase and like. That's, that might be me. I mean, <laughs> not with our kids, but it might be me. I mean, but like, that's a little ridiculous, don't you think? If I saw somebody rob a bank, I wouldn't be that invested. I would probably honestly. call the police or I wouldn't care. I, I, I don't know. It depends on the situation. If they have weapons, yeah. I might call, but I'm definitely know. calling the police because would, like yeah. somebody could be injured, obviously. Yeah. But if they don't have any weapons and, you know, they're just, you know, trying to. If it was Peggy Joe, it was Peggy I'd be Joe like, girl. or somebody like her with no weapons, like there's no reason to call the police. I don't know how you would know. But. They're going to figure it out anyway. I mean, it's already, especially if the dye packs have already gone off and everything like yeah. that. Like it somebody's sucks. going to. And all the money's unusual, right? un- unusable at that point. Truthfully. So they're going to be caught. Yeah. And like. They're in a like tight situation already. No reason to like make it worse by have like following them like through wherever and they're just, going. Like, girls, you need to endanger your children. <laughs> and, yeah, like endanger that. your children <laughs> and yourself because you want a cheap thrill. But this I kind of think it's hilarious because <laughs> I bet it, her husband was like, "Honey, we're not doing that." And she was like, "You bet your ass we are." She's like, "We have to get <laughs> this person." I can't. So yeah, they were in this like big chase and she turned onto a residential street but got boxed in by police cars and was stuck. So this actually turned into quite a long standoff and Peggy Joe just sat at the table smoking cigarettes weighing her options, which is uh, 
I feel like you can just really picture it in your mind. I, that's what I love about this story. It's, I, it, and y'all have to read Skip Hollingsworth, uh, Hollingsworth's article about this because it's he's so descriptive. It's so well written. It's just like he really paints a picture for you in your mind. It's great. And he really like he I don't know. He just is very he does her justice, I feel. So Peggy sat there and knew that she couldn't go back to prison. She was miserable there. She hated not being able to go outside and being confined to a cell. You know, all she wanted was freedom and just to do whatever she wanted. So obviously prison does not go with that. And if she got caught robbing banks again, she knew she would go back for a long time. So Peggy got a toy pistol from her room and opened the door to her RV. She told the cops that they will have to kill her because she was not going back And the cops had no way of knowing if it was a toy gun or not, but they begged her not to bring it out. They were like, please don't. Like, they really didn't want to shoot her. Mm -hmm. But once she stepped out and pointed the gun at them, they had to. So four officers fired and and that killed her. Um, And Peggy's family was devastated and confused. And nobody really knows why or when she started you know, back up again. Nobody knows why she went back to the same bank twice or why she changed her disguise. Um, And there's a lot of questions that I don't think we'll really ever get the answer to. But one thing that all of her friends and family have said is that she went out doing what she loved and she went out on her own terms, which is exactly what she would have wanted. And I fucking agree. Yeah, that's just really sad. I know. Do you see how my mom cried? (laughs) I get it. That, That sucks. I know, but I'm kind of like... What an amazing woman and like what a good story. She's just trying and, like, to like live her life, you know, that's all. But that's I you know, it's kind of like Bonnie and Clyde, like that's how they were gonna go down, you know. Yeah. Her favorite movie was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, same thing. That's how they're gonna go down. So like round of applause and a toast to to Miss Peggy Joe. Yeah. What an Hopefully icon. She uh very impressive woman. I'm just so shocked that, you know, it went know. down like that. I and know. Also, I am just, I, I really don't know why. And I'm a little upset that she didn't check the, the bags. The the time bags. I know. I'm like, girl, I wanted she you had to done get to it before. She had done it before. I mean, that's the thing. I, People really, do. There's so many things that we're like, we don't know. She really could have had this in the bag. You know, literally went off with this <laughs> successfully, at least successfully enough. And, Maybe. you know, Hopefully would have lived, but at this point we'll never know. And I it's know. just, it's so sad all it's because so those sad. gosh darn die packs. All right. God darn die packs. I know. Eat the fucking rich, you know, <laughs> you know it's just so sad that people have to that feel like they have to do this just because they're in tight situations or they're just like, I know. you know, not, I don't know. I just, That's the I thing like I people, love about this story. There's so much heart to people, it. People need more options to where they don't have mm-hmm. to feel like they need to rob a bank to, Get to by pay, in life. Yeah, to make to pay for their dying mother's medication. Yeah, I feel like everybody, you know, should just be able if at, at the very least, you should be able to get a bare minimum job that can give you a decent living. A decent life. Like it used to be. A decent life. That's all. And that's I mean That's all yeah. most people are asking for. Literally. I feel. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just fucking, I love Peggy Joe. Like I know she committed bank robberies. I know that's bad. Whatever. I don't care. Like I love her. No, it's, it's just about she who was she an was as a woman. human being. Like, yes. At a certain point, And I feel like she understood this very well. It's about, you know, 
caring for people as human beings, you know, not yeah. seeing them as an X or an O Shoot, yeah, and just treating people as if they have value because they are who they are. Because they're living. Because they are living yeah. and they are humans on this earth trying to get by. Yeah. Just like and all it's the fucking hard. She knew it was hard for people. She cared about other people. Like she, again, never wanted anybody to get hurt. Like, and she just wanted to have a good time. Can you blame a gal? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> not a whole lot. No, I'm not mad at her at all. That's no, why I'm no. like, I don't even know if we have anybody to say see you and help you. I mean, like, maybe like see you and help Peggy in like a fun way. Like, bitch, you, me, and all the gays will be like parting it up to Gaga and hell. I think. I guess you're going to see Lil Nas X there, right? Oh, yeah. Bitch, giving lap Tell dances to the devil all day. <laughs> so that's, a, that's a good song. It's a good bop. He got caught having a COVID party, and now I'm Who? sad. Nas. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's not great. I know. I'm like, God damn it. Well, anyway, I guess to Peggy, but in a good way. We'll see you in hell. See you in hell, Peggy. <laughs> and you guys can see pictures from today's episode. I will absolutely be posting amazing pictures of our queen, Peggy Jo, um, on our Instagram, which is Hellbound Pod. You can go to the Facebook, which is Hellbound Podcast. Um, I also have a TikTok, Hellbound Pod. You can email us, hellboundpod at gmail.com. And you can go to our website, which is hellboundpodcast.com. Brandon's at Just Believe, which is B L E E V. On on Twitter, oh you know and it. stuff. He doesn't have an Ooh. Instagram, but y'all all need to Ooh. comment on mine telling me Ooh, that I like he needs that. one. You know my my tag. I like that. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I know your social media. <laughs> I know your phone number too, girl. Oh, okay. Ooh. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's about it. You wanna you wanna draw for next time, my baby? Sure. Let's do it. <gasps> oh. We have a cult on our hands. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. Cults are always very interesting. I will say that. It's a big one. It's a Jonestown. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a that is big, a big one. one. So If I know about it, it's big. <laughs> if he knows about it, it's big. Truthfully. Honestly, I'm pretty... That might be a two-parter. So, there we yeah. go, you guys. Yeah, pretty we'll, pumped we'll just have about to see. that. Um, so, yeah, definitely tune in for that. Again, it will not be next week because it's my birthday. Please wish me a happy birthday. I love my birthday month. Um, and then the week after that, it'll be up. So, get excited, everybody. Please stay safe. Um, as always, I will be linking resources in the description. Um, helping uh, literally so many things. There's so many resources in the description. Just go down there. Um, but, yeah, in the meantime, stay safe out there. And remember... They're watching you. Bye.